even if it doesn't make sense, you keep moving anyway. Like you don't wait for the business plan to be finished, which is what a lot of people do. So welcome back, everybody. Mission Driven Podcast with Rich Brubaker and Tom Stater. This week, we're going to take some questions from a core audience because, you know, we sit down and we're thinking about like, what are the challenges? We're thinking about our own challenges, but now we're kind of going to flip the flip the table here. We're going to try a new experiment. And this week, we're going to take on two questions that we have sourced through our community on social media. So we're happy to be hearing from you because we want to be addressing your specific challenges over time. We want to help you get further down the path. If you like this approach and you'd like to ask us a specific question, you have a specific topic that you'd like addressed, please feel free to send that over to us in whatever form, online, social, or in an email. So today we're going to be talking about two, two questions. The first one is from Rebecca. I'd like to hear what steps should be taken after one gets their 501c3 status. Would the first step be to writing a business plan that would be a roadmap for the organization to follow? All right. So from Rebecca's standpoint, I'm guessing that she just got her 501c3 and is trying to figure out what to do next. Interesting question. Tom, thoughts? You should probably have done your business plan before you have registered as a 501c3 because within your business plan, you're going to be making the case for what kind of registration are you going to go after? You're going to do a nonprofit, you're going to do a social enterprise, you're going to do a corporation. What kind of scale? What are your programs? What's your budget, et cetera, et cetera. With that being said, after you successfully register as a 501c3, that's yeah. probably three, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. You know, if time have passed, I think it's a great time to reflect back on your uh, business plan. I know that my initial business plan for the library project, I keep around just for kicks because yeah. it's so different from what we do. Yeah. And after that first year of operation, it was almost like a fictional novel that uh, my, my first, uh, my first yeah. uh, business plan and that second business <clears throat> plan after registration really helped. I would agree with you. And my first reaction to her was you should have written this before you had your 501c3. But what I also find is in some sense, people start out with the idea that they're going to start a nonprofit. Like that's, that's their, that's the first step for them is I'm going to start a charity even if they don't know what they're going to do. Again, like that, that's great. At least you're taking that first step. You're putting your skin in the game. That's that's not an easy process yep. to get the 5-1-C-3. But for me, it's kind of like there's two things that should happen beforehand. First one is you should have tried something first. Like you should have had your first event. You should have launched your first book. You should have done something that was like to prove that it was worth the, the time and expense of setting up that legal structure, which I'm hoping that she's done. And then the second thing is, yeah, I would have a plan in place for what the next year or two looked like, because I, I, you know, for me, I want to know that the time and money going into setting this up is justified. Like if I'm just going to run five events or a charitable ball, or I'm going to do something like a couple of times and then I get bored or, you know, there's not going to be much scale or I'm not going to know what to do with it afterwards. I'm not going to go through the, the process of setting up the legal structure because that's, that's a lot of time and money. And then, so I would go back to yours and say, yeah, now's a good time to refresh because it's probably been a year. You probably hopefully have been continuing your process of building the organization or launching a product or finding partners, you know, whatever it may be. And now you need to figure out like, what's the next year to three years look like? Uh, we've talked about this in pilot program episodes. I don't think you need to be doing a a really long-term business plan at this point, because like Tom said, like so much can change, but it's a great time to refresh. <clears throat> what do you think is a good length? Because I've, mm. I've seen some business plans from organizations that I've worked with that are in the 
20, 30 pages uh, realm. And I'm like, hey, uh, can you bring this down to three to five pages? Yeah. One page being the budget. And yeah. and it's like really like succinct, um, yeah. almost to the level of a long elevator pitch. Well, first off, an elevator pitch is not a business plan. An elevator pitch is marketing. No, no, it isn't. No, I right. said long elevator pitch. <laughs> a long elevator pitch is still not a business plan. Um, look, the older I get, and maybe that's because I'm getting older or just more experienced, the yeah. less I view length as being of quality. And I think on some level, when I realized, like, when I was younger, I spent a lot of time thinking about what it should look like and how to get there. And I'm not saying that was wasted time. But now that I am where I am and I've kind of been through the cycles a few times, what I realize is you just want to like, you're in the parking lot of a national park and you got four mountains in front of you. Just be like, I want to go there without necessarily planning every single logistical step of every single potential summit that you could have, because you're going to end up with too much gear. You're going to be overprepared. And when something goes wrong, you're not going to be very open to the pivot. You're going to be invested into the process. Now, again, Every person's different and every organization's different. And I think this is where having gone through failures and going through kind of soul crushing moments and having to kind of pick yourself up, you kind of learn that too much planning can be a hindrance, not just along the path, but also it can keep you from even getting out of your car some days. And I think that for me is, you know what, do the bare minimum you need to, to get to the next step, to get to the next step, but, but have a vision of where you should be one year, three year, 10 years out. That's fine. And I think that's kind of where I am. But then from the business plan perspective, I think what I like to see is not the vision for the organization, necessarily the steps is how do you tie those two things together then to a budget? And then from that budget, where will you find your money? Like, I actually think that being clear about where the money's going to come from, like you're going to get it from corporate, foundation, friends and family, at what percentages or what, what are some realistic goals? Like if you tell me I'm going to raise 10 million from friends and family, I'm, that makes no sense. But if you're like, I think I get 50,000 from friends and family and a million from Google or other companies, hey, great. But that's where I want to see the realism coming in is like tying your budget back to your ideas and just making sure that every little thing makes enough sense for the next three to three months to a year to move forward. Even if it doesn't make sense, you keep moving anyway. Like you don't wait for the business plan to be finished, which is what a lot of people do. Yeah. I think one of the things that, and I want to tie back to what you said with, with regards to business plans. Um, the most important thing is where's the money uh, coming from. Mm. And, and, and my business plan, my original business plan was very typical. It's probably yeah. what 90% of business plans look like. Yeah. Uh, it's, Everything was diversified perfectly. 30% coming from corporates, 30% from yep. individuals, 30% from foundations. Woo, everything's great. You yep. know, uh, we're, it's just, it's just, it was too perfect. Yep. What, what we found after one year was it was 0% coming from individuals, 0% yeah. coming from foundations, 100% coming from corporates. Right. And that changed our organization. And we didn't right. fight that. We just went with the reality. So our yeah. second iteration and third iteration of our business plan um, reflected that. Yeah. And, and, and I wouldn't worry about that. And I'm, right. I'm happy that we tried, that we had that business plan that was a yeah. third, a third, a third. It provided the horizon line on where we were going. Right. But, and that's but the reality came in. And that's important. No. You know, it's like, if you're, if you're hiking along your horizon and you've got a bunch of really clear paths and you, you come across a bunch that's just bush, that's just overgrown, you can't see anything, like you just have to 
have enough of a plan to know that you're going in the right direction, but it shouldn't be so prescriptive. And I think that's where I see a lot of business plans. Even if I look back on my own, it was too prescriptive about how we we're going to get things done. And when I met that challenge along the path, I was like, shit, now what do we do? And, and it wasn't just like we stopped. It was like we questioned our path. And I think that's the bigger problem is have a business plan that, can, that, can, that, that provides confidence and not when something kind of craters on you that you lose all confidence in the whole plan. Because you can accept 80-20, 80-20, 80-20. Eventually, you're going to get there, um, but not if you get stuck and you kind of back it up. So for me, your question, Rebecca, I think it's a great one. It's one that a lot of people don't really think through yes. up front. The question is just going to be, should you have done more piloting up front before you went through the legal process, through the through the, the costing process, keeping in mind you got to do audits and all this stuff going forward? You know, that, that would be my only concern, but I'm assuming that you've done that. And if you have, I just say, keep checking in on that business plan, update it. But kind of like what Tom says, he, he like once a year, he looks at it and then he just kind of like puts it aside. It's, it's not a prescriptive document. Uh, there's no one way of attacking it, but just know where you want to go and have some different options of getting there. Cool. Thank you, Rebecca. All right. Question number two, how and when to promote launching your nonprofit, i.e. news media, social media, marketing, et cetera. Because if nobody knows about you, you don't exist. Like a business plan, Marketing should be integrated into your nonprofit vision and planning. I, in many ways, would disagree with the need to integrate into your business plan, vision, and planning on how you would market it. But I do agree with the idea that if you, if people don't know about your work, that's that's not a good thing. You need to be very clear about how do you talk about your organization at different stages and using what tools. And I think, like for me, this is a great question. Uh, you know, I think it does need to be in the business plan it needs to be integrated, but I mm -hmm. think that within your business plan it, or your plan, it should be one paragraph maximum. Don't put a lot of effort into it, but yeah. it needs to be present. But what I would say is um, when you start out, do like a, a broad plan, like mm -hmm. do a, do a little bit of communicating to your friends and family, do a little bit yeah. on social media, do a little bit um, in, in other ways, whatever, yeah. how, how, like whatever you think, but then measure it. I think it's important to measure and, and not measure it in like a scientific manner, but mm. you'll know, you'll know if newsletters work or not. Right. Like you'll know that if your programs and the language you use mm -hmm. within your social media posts work. As an example, we know at the library project, social media doesn't work for us. It mm. just isn't, it isn't something that yeah. is successful. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean we don't do it, but we don't link fundraising to it. Yeah. So if I, if this is a startup kind of question, I think when launching your organization, you should have like a launch story. Like this is what we hope to do. This yeah. is a big vision. This is the challenge we see. Like, I think that's perfect. That doesn't need to be part of your business plan for me. That just needs to be part of your general planning, right? Like you just know, like we're launching this organization. We want to tell as many people about it because we want to build a, hopefully a community or a tribe or a whatever over time. From there, I think you focus yeah. mainly on the work itself and not talking too much, like maybe talking about the process of the work. Like we have these events, we like what you're doing and how you're trying to accomplish your goals, but you don't overemphasize the impact that you're having as a startup too early. Then I think like the third stage of that would be, you know, you've kind of created a process around the product service, whatever it is that you're delivering. When you reach that stage where it's like everything's going really well and you need to bump to the next level, then you start to be more marketing oriented and less process oriented because then you can bring in more money, more resources to help you get to the next phase. And I think my wife and I used to talk about this a lot, like you've perfected this, 
stop trying to just build the team out, start focusing more on the marketing and, and go that way. Because you know that if you oversell, you can always build the product to process the team out. But if you build this out first, the risk is you won't have enough money in six months because you haven't been talking about it. So it, it's always kind of like a give and take for me on process internal versus marketing and external. But I think, you know, as a launch, yeah, tell everyone what you're trying to do. Find people who want to work with you, help you, give you money, be on your team. Great. But then stop talking for a period of time where you're trying to actually, we're in the laboratory working out what it is you're trying to get done. Try it, report some results. Don't be too grandiose about it. And then over time, just, just build in a, in a balanced mash, balanced manner. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's it's really interesting to be able to to answer these questions. I'm I'm really happy to be seeing these. Um, I know like we're a young channel, we only got like 30, 35 episodes, but it's great to have the community kind of coming out and saying, hey, we have these questions and uh we're happy to continue answering them. We do have two more in the bank mm -hmm. that we're gonna save for the next episode. Um, but if you have some others, uh again, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, email, YouTube, however you want to get it to us, send it over and we will be happy to address them as we're along on our own path. And again. Feel free to give us some suggestions on how we can improve this product because we are very much a an early stage launch product right now. We're not talking too much about what we're doing, even though our whole job is just to talk.